welcome to today's podcast. My name is Mylon Lazich with Intrinsic ID, and I'm speaking with Pim Toils, Intrinsic ID's uh, CEO, and we'll be talking today about the upcoming RSA conference. How are you today, Pim? Hi, Mylon. Thanks. I'm doing very well. Well, I know that uh, there's a there are two key use cases that will be highlighted at the in the I, uh, Intrinsic ID booth at RSA. Uh, one is device to cloud security and the other is a trust anchor on FPGAs. Let's start out with securing cloud connectivity. Can you uh, tell us a little bit, bit, little bit of background on the key considerations that need to be addressed for that? Yeah, so cloud connectivity in this case uh, is about a typical IoT scenario where devices are going to be connected uh, to one or more clouds. And the device will typically uh, have a sensor on board, sense inf information about the environment, and send uh, to the cloud for uh, uh, different kind of purposes. Yeah, so in the cloud, uh, an algorithm will run that extracts uh, um, information uh, about the data that it, uh, from the data that it got, and uses those to um, offer recommendations or uh, 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 give uh, analyzed trends and, and these type of things. Now, this is of course very valuable if you can do that uh, uh, in the right way, and we see that already in many of the recommender systems that are being used those days, but one needs to make sure that the data uh, that is sent to the cloud is of course trustworthy. Yeah? It is the correct data that has not been tampered with, uh, it is data that comes from the correct device that one thinks it comes from, such that the analysis that you do, uh, the recommendation that you make, is, is a good recommendation and is also a trustworthy recommendation. So with more and more data being transmitted um, from device to device, obviously the concern over keeping it secure is uh, growing commensurately. No, absolutely. And, and the security is uh, mainly an authenticity problem. So often not so much the exact content uh, is that important. That can be the case too, of course. But the main thing that is important is its authenticity. That means making sure that the data has not been changed on the way to the cloud and uh, is indeed coming from uh, the device one uh, assumes it is coming from. Very good. Uh, can you give us some detail then about what Intrinsic ID will be showing uh, during RSA about device to cloud secure connectivity? Yeah, so what, what we will show, in fact, uh, is, is a, a device that is a built, uh, that is a smart device, so built with a chip. Uh, and that chip, uh, in this case, is an, uh, an NXP chip, an LPC 55S69. Uh, that uh, is then connecting to uh, the Amazon uh, AWS cloud. And what we are going to show is that uh, in a software-only way, uh, we can set up a very secure connection between the device with the chip and the cloud in such a way that all data being transferred uh, from the device to the, to the AWS cloud is fully authenticated with very secure keys that uh, cannot, be, uh, cannot be broken. So we will also show in particular 
uh, the whole flow, like how easy uh, that really is to uh, do all the steps from enrolling the device, generating the CSR, uh, the certificate signing request, and generating the certificate, and then also register the device in the certificate with, uh, in this case, the cloud provider being AWS. So it will be like a, a full uh, package solution uh, that uh, uh, that we show at uh, at uh, the boot at RSA. You mentioned a couple things that, that uh, I think it might be helpful to drill down on. One is the fact that this is a software-based approach. Can you give a little bit more background as to why that approach and what the advantages are? Yeah, no, that's a very good question indeed, um, because uh, that might sound a little bit contradictory, but it is a software approach still making use of the hardware that is already present. So it is software that basically reads out the properties from the hardware, turns those into secret keys, and use those secret keys to uh, protect basically uh, the whole uh, TLS channel. And it means uh, the fact that you can do this with software uh, makes it also very flexible and very easy to use. You do not need to make any modifications to the hardware. You do not need to add any additional hardware like a secure element on the board, but you can uh, keep it uh, very nimble, very flexible. Uh, you can keep it low cost and low power. Uh, typical uh, requirements for uh, an environment like uh, uh, the Internet of Things. It also means that uh, in this case, the root keys are really coming uh, from the device itself, which means nobody has influence on these root keys. Not the device maker, uh, not Intrinsic ID, not the cloud provider. Uh, the root keys, the secure keys are really only known by the device, and that's exactly what you want from uh, a, a secure scenario. So uh, uh, these two, two elements really make this a, a very elegant, uh, low cost, and at the same time very secure solution that is tailored really for the Internet of Things. And uh, as you've been describing it, you like to think of this as an easy approach, something that, make, that is easier to implement, I take. Yes, exactly. Also, uh, um, an alternative approach, uh, which I hinted to, would be to have a, a separate secure element, let's say, on the board, uh, which means additional hardware, additional board space, uh, uh, hardware to hardware connection from uh, the secure element to, let's say, the microcontroller that has to be tested. Uh, uh, it means shelf life of uh, and logistics of uh, the secure elements being ordered. So all those things make an, a, a, a solution based on an additional secure element a fairly complex uh, a solution. While a solution based on software yeah, is easy to implement uh, and offers also, for instance, many maintenance uh, advantages because over the whole spectrum of your devices, we can offer the same API, which means also that uh, um, in terms of maintenance, this becomes much easier and hence lower cost. And finally, with a software approach, if you also want to change from one microcontroller type to the other, uh, that can be uh, done in a much more easy manner 
than when you had a separate hardware element that you have to integrate with another type of microcontroller. So it is uh, mainly that easy aspect that we also emphasize in, in our approach. And security should, uh, of course, deliver a very secure solution, but at the same time, a solution that is easy to implement because that also implies that uh, uh, less uh, mistakes can and will be made. Okay, so low cost, flexible, secure, and easy. It sounds like a combination no one would argue with. Let's uh, turn to the other key use case that uh, will be shown in the Intrinsic ID booth. That is uh, a trust anchor on FPGAs. Can you give a little background as to why this is uh, of particular importance and why this might be more difficult, might be a difficult challenge? Yeah, so uh, FPGAs yeah, uh, are of course well known and, and, and well suited, first of all, to many, many applications, yeah, like in defense, in medical, automotive, data centers, more and more you see yeah, that uh, FPGAs offer a, uh, a very uh, good component and a good part of the solution. Now, in many of those situations also, uh, the FPGAs have to carry out some uh, uh, security functionality. And it uh, turns out that um, often the user can not have access uh, uh, to secret keys to carry out the security functionality. So what we make uh, uh, possible here is that on basically any FPGA, we, we allow the user to install a trust anchor that can be used by the user itself to generate keys, to store keys, and hence to encrypt and authenticate data and information uh, uh, being exchanged uh, with that FPGA. Yeah, and that, that is really uh, uh, crucial in, in currently the, the world that, that we live in and certainly the world that FPGAs are used to make sure that, uh, again, the information is properly protected. Now, uh, FPGAs, they, what is different about their vulnerability that uh, requires these special considerations? Yeah, so um, at the, the, the typical FPGAs, they don't have on board uh, OTP or flash where uh, keys can be securely stored. So that means that uh, the keys you would uh, have to store off uh, site of the FPGA, so in a separate memory, uh, which makes them very vulnerable because at the point in time you would need the secrets, they would have to be transferred to the FPGA, uh, and during the transfer, you could uh, easy, very easily snoop them. So by what we offer, again, the keys can be extracted from the physics of the FPGA, meaning that they are only known by the FPGA, uh, they're uh, on the device itself, they don't have to be transferred uh, to the FPGA, and in that way, yeah, you can generate them securely, you can uh, keep them uh, securely, and you can use them in a secure way. So does this uh, offer a particularly high level of security? Uh, uh, yes, indeed. Uh, the security level that we deliver with this is what you could call defense-grade security. Uh, in fact, uh, it is being used, uh, as we speak, in defense space, uh, and it will be used in, uh, in uh, many more uh, defense uh, systems 
especially uh, due to these properties that you uh, extract the key from, from the physics of the device. Uh, we did not yet talk about it, but it means, for instance, that when the device is turned off, the keys are not present. So there is no key to find. There are no digital bits somewhere in the memory that represent the key. There is only the physics, which makes it much, much harder yeah, to extract uh, any information uh, of those devices. And uh, uh, typical things that they uh, do with it is making sure that that devices can uh, not be cloned on an, let's say, ordinary FPGA setting. If you uh, buy a, a, an FPGA of the same type and you copy uh, the bitstream uh, of, of another, uh, uh, connected to another FPGA, you have made a clone of the system because the bitstream is the same and the FPGA is the same, the system is basically the same. With the technology here that we offer, uh, we can make sure that the, the keys are really device specific. And that means that if you uh, buy the, an FPGA of the same type and you copy the bitstream, the bitstream will not uh, work on the new device anymore since the keys with which it is encrypted yeah, are specific to the, uh, to the original device and therefore will not uh, 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 work on the new device. So you really can create uh, unclonability. Yeah, and that is of course important uh, in, in defense, but also in many other spaces like medical market, uh, uh, where you see a lot of counterfeits, also communication environments where you see uh, more and more uh, uh, clones uh, coming. Yeah, in, in automotive clearly, where you want to make sure that you're working with uh, the highest uh, quality components. Yeah, these, this topic of, of unclonability and hence authenticity yeah, is, is a very important one. Well, thanks, Pim. I appreciate the preview of what Intrinsic ID will be showing at RSA next week. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Milan. Well, it's very nice to have this interview with you. Very good. Uh, so we uh, hope to see all, all of you at RSA in San Francisco the week of February 24th at Moscone Center. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to having you on our next podcast. This has been Mylon Lanzich with Intrinsic ID CEO, Pim Toils. Thank you.